0: Podcast where Liberty is our mission. My name is Ben Stone and today is December 19th, 2012 and it's Wednesday. And today uh, I'm going to share with you a, um, a repeat from February of 2012. Uh, it's uh, Kai and I discussing a, a bunch of random things and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back again to com podcast. I'm Ben.
1: And I'm Kai. Hello.
0: Hi, folks. So I was just reading about uh, curfew in the French Quarter.
1: In New Orleans. For? Now Orleans.
0: For uh, Mardi Gras. Yay, that ought to work great. Yeah. So I guess uh, no one under, was it?
1: It was 16.
0: No one under 16 after 8 o'clock. Yeah unless they're accompanied by a guardian. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work real good. That'll be perfect. Though. Yeah.
1: Well, unless they have proof of employment for no officer, I really have a legitimate reason.
0: Mhm. So, like any kid who can use a computer with a printer right. can print out a schedule for whatever business that he wants to fabricate and
1: And, you know, this is what this is going to do is make the people who run those small businesses Uh because this is basically we're talking about the small restaurants and the tourist shops yeah little mom and and pop
0: operations yeah
1: and you know if you've ever been to the french quarter in new orleans they're everywhere Mm -hmm. you know these t-shirt shops and Mm -hmm.
0: and a lot of them employ kids uh, under questionable circumstances under the table right and so well
1: and and if you have to provide Proof of, I mean, that's even if you work legitimately, that's a hassle for yeah. your employer. Yeah. So your employer is instead going to
0: maybe hire the 19 year old.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. is going to annoy the 19 year old because the 19 year old wants to be out in Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And it's going to annoy you because you miss out on a night's pay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's going to annoy the, the manager. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and in order to employ the 19 year old instead of the 16 year old, you've got to pay them more. Yeah. So it's going to cost the tourists more. Yeah. And plus, you have this army of cops because they're saying they're going to really enforce it this time, you Mm know. Or I don't know about this time, but they're going to really enforce it. So if they're really going to, you know, aggressively enforce this, that means you're going to have lots of cops walking around through the partygoers in the middle of Mardi Gras Mm -hmm. in the French Quarter. And this is not cop bashing, it's really not. But when you get a lot of cops walking around and something like that, magically, there becomes a reason to have more cops, mm-hmm. and there becomes more arrests. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. Oh, guess what? Somebody might be drunk in public.
1: Well, that's not a that's not a crime mm-hmm. in New Orleans.
0: I don't know. There was uh, uh, that one situation where that uh, minister had had a drink or two, and the and the uh, cops beat him up pretty severely.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on if you live there or if you're a tourist. Mm-hmm. If you're a tourist, then you don't get harassed by the cops yeah. ever at all. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, <laughs> but if you're local, if you live there, mm-hmm.
0: then. So what the kids need to do if they're, you know, within that age group and they, you know, what they need to do is have themselves a fake Missouri license or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. A fake Kansas license.
1: But I got lost from my mommy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really – well, and the other thing is, like, the French Quarter is not, you know, it's not just Bourbon Street. Mm -hmm. You you know, it's –
0: It's neighborhoods.
1: It's an actual neighborhood. It's mostly houses. Yeah. Um, You know, you have a couple of streets that have a lot of, you know, T-shirt restaurants. But above those, those are all apartments. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, people live there. Yeah. And the kids live there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so now all of a sudden you've enforced this curfew on this magic night,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the kid can't go down to the corner store and get a soda. Mm-hmm. The kid can't walk across the street and hang out with his friend.
0: And this goes back to the point of when you criminalize behavior that's not criminal behavior, mm-hmm. then what you create is a backlash. You always create a backlash, which ends up increasing the amount of crime. Not just because you've redefined what crime is, but because you've made you've created a general disrespect for you know what we laughingly call the law.
1: The other thing is because it is a state-sponsored holiday. Mm-hmm. All of these behaviors that are controlled by the state morality police, Yeah. you know, you can't um, be nude in public, you can't uh, drink alcohol to excess in public, you can't – all of these things are tightly controlled behaviors by the state that mm. on a Tuesday in October or a Tuesday in May, you wouldn't be allowed to do. Right. But a Tuesday – you know this specific tuesday mm-hmm. then you have the state sponsored authority to do that and what this does is it kind of makes people go crazy
0: yeah rather than being free all the time to do whatever they wanted to do and letting the community standards mm-hmm. figure this out what you've done is you've used the for- the aggression of government and and and, f- and funneled it all to one really nutty uh situation mm-hmm. that i I wonder how long it'll be before the police are at at Burning Man. Can you imagine that? That may be part of the reason why it originally moved from the California beach to the middle of the desert like it did. Right. Was to avoid the potential of that taking place.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure the exact reason why they moved out into the middle of the desert. But, you know, I do know that they get harassed every year by the local authorities. Mm -hmm. You know, the local authorities threaten to renew their license every year. Right. Um, and they will eventually.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that was the thing with Sturgis when it first started. The whole purpose that the whole reason that Sturgis had the appeal that it had was because you were way out where there just there was no law. There, mm-hmm. Everything was free and everything was fine. I mean, uh, you know, years and years ago, you could go to Sturgis and be perfectly safe. Right, uh, but. With the increase of police presence, it's become less and less safe. Yeah. Because it, it kind of th- these things create uh, a situation where, uh, well, I, I kind of referred to it a second ago when, when you decide that things that uh, it, there should be no reason to make it criminal, mm-hmm. but you've made it criminal anyway, mm-hmm. even though there are those there's no victim, there's no property rights violation and yet you've decided that this is going to be criminal and we're going to enforce it using aggression. Once you do that, you create a general um, disrespect for all law Mm -hmm. because once you have a generation of people who are taught from cradle to grave that law doesn't have a real meaning, law means whatever we decide for it to mean in, in any particular situation, then all respect for law eventually dissolves, and you have lawlessness. Be- not and and then it becomes a matter of what can you enforce? Right. It, it's no longer what what does the community standard say? It's no longer how do people react in this area or in that area? It becomes what can the state enforce? Mm-hmm. And then you have a police state. You know.
1: And also, you know, when you have a group of people who have already, you know, they they've decided, okay, well, we can't do these particular activities but on this one year we're allowed to do these activities mm-hmm. and then you put armed police yeah in the middle of that especially if there's alcohol involved you get a lot of violence towards that authority because mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. when you see that police state figure you feel an instinctive animosity towards it
0: yeah and there's another thing too let's just have a, a creative a scenario here this is a, sort of a version of something that actually happened. Uh, I was with some uh, some other folks, and we were on a, a pier in Southern California that juts out into the ocean, and it was very late at night. This particular pier, most of it stays open all night. The farthest end of it, they close at night, but mm-hmm. most of it stays open. So you can walk out a good distance. And so we were out there, it's the middle of the night, and some of the party that I was a part of um, were more intoxicated than others within our group. And so we're walking out on the pier and there's fishermen out there and one of them had caught a little sand shark and thrown it up on. And so we're talking about a sand shark, probably, oh, 16, 18 inches long, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they just threw it up on the pier and, you know, uh, there's no, it's a, not that unusual thing. right? So one of the drunken members of our party picked up this, the sand shark, and started joking around with it and playing with it and making sort of, you know, it was one of those, uh, you're just waiting for the shark to wake up momentarily and bite his Mm -hmm. face off, but the shark wasn't. He had laid there long enough that it was either dead or unconscious, and and Mm -hmm. so the shark was no threat. But the fishermen were quite annoyed. Mm -hmm. They really didn't want uh, drunks hanging around them, and they really didn't want drunks swinging a shark around their heads. (laughs) And so, no, yeah. I can't
1: imagine a scenario where I wouldn't want drunk kids swinging sharks around.
0: So, um, so it was obvious that, uh, this was not a good situation. Now, had there been police nearby, what would have happened would have been they would have rushed in to take control of the shark swinger, in which case. If it was only like one or two police, I mean, I hate to say that this was the olden days Mm -hmm. and uh, things were different, (laughs) but but if it would have only been one or two police, we would not have allowed them to take the shark swinger. Right. It just, we wouldn't have allowed it. Uh, We were in control of the situation Mm -hmm. and we had a drunk among us. And so what, then there were no cops. But
1: but it was your drunk.
0: It was our drunk and nobody's going to take him away from us. (laughs) And so what we did instead, there were no cops, so what we did instead was we swooped in on the drunk, convinced him peaceably to drop the shark and step away from the fisherman, and we got him off the pier. Mm -hmm. Now, in doing that, we avoided, all of us, a fight with the fisherman. Right. But if there would have been police presence, they would have immediately escalated it, and it would have gotten really ugly. Mm -hmm. Uh, As it was, no one got hurt you know nothing happened the presence of the police would have created a violent situation mm-hmm. if nothing else even if we would have let them take him they would have been violent with him cuz he would have resisted mm-hmm. he didn't resist us mm-hmm. he listened to us and we were able to tell him time to put the shark down <laughs> you know <laughs> you <laughs> time made to it.
1: put your toys away yeah.
0: it's a funny joke you make with the shark now put it down <laughs> it's not your shark it's not your shark
1: but you know there's there's and and whether are pro-police or anti-police or you think you know police are good people in a bad system or whatever you think about police because they're wearing the uniform of the state mm-hmm. they are immediately aggressive
0: yeah it distorts the situation as to how it would be if they were private security and, yeah. and how they would react if yeah. there was private security there they could have reacted much the same way we reacted Yeah, it wouldn't have to be submit right you know submit or tase submit or spray submit or beat or submit or kill Mm -hmm. you know it wouldn't be like that 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 uh that level of aggression wouldn't be present and the problem could be resolved Mm -hmm. peaceably and in defense of the individual uh cop um i I, in my series i i have a series that i'm middle you know halfway into or whatever i don't know the proportion but i'm in (laughs) into the series (laughs) on
1: depend on how how, how many times i want to rant on it (laughs)
0: But uh, on the series that I'm doing on the inevitability of the police state, I make this comparison between the uh, the Barney Fife type cop mm-hmm. and the Sheriff Andy type cop. Mm-hmm. The Barney Fife being, you take away the, com- the comedy relief out of the situation that was right. just there for TV, but the Barney Fife type... And you
1: put in the actual fist of the state. Yeah,
0: exactly. The Barney Fife type was, he was kind of a good guy, really, but... He had this need for attention. Mm-hmm. He had this need for acknowledgement. And he had the latent ability to turn violent in order to satisfy that need, you know, to, to fluff to his ego. To
1: justify his existence.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's why the sheriff would only let him carry the one pull bullet and had to carry it in his pocket, not in the gun. Because mm-hmm. his reaction to the wrong situation would be to turn violent. Uh, So that was Sheriff Andy's way of giving him a buffer before he could turn violent. Right. Sheriff Andy, on the other hand, was um, very wise, very committed to the community, wanted, uh, he had a strong set of ethics, wanted desperately to do the right thing for the community. And this is the two personalities of people who are uh, who police work appeals to mm-hmm. and so in saying these things i 'm not attacking police or individual cops right um, what i 'm attacking instead is the process that brings people in, gives them a uniform, gives them weaponry and and gives them the authority to act in the way that regular people can't act I, even security can't act like I that.
1: have an issue with this <sighs> A lot because um, so many people, they, when you start to look at the world around you and you start to say, you know, ah, corporations are evil. Ah, government is evil. Mm -hmm. Ah, the police are evil. Yeah, banks. Because they're doing evil things. Yeah. But those things are, you know, it's like like watching the Jason movies. Mm Mm-hmm and taking away from that that all hockey goalies are evil.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because that dude was wearing a hockey goalie mask, right. therefore all hockey goalies must be machete wielding,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, murderers. Yeah. Well, that guy wasn't really a hockey goalie.
0: Right. You
1: know, he right. was wearing that mask, he was but, a
0: crazed evil movie version that happened to be wearing a hockey mask. Right. But he wasn't really And so you you, you, know, you weren't right. watching hockey.
1: Right. Corporations are evil not because they have the mask of capitalism on. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not capitalism. They're evil. They're evil. They yeah. are the state with the mask of capitalism on. Right, right. And when you see, you know, uh, it, I have this issue. Um, a lot of uh, anarchists mm-hmm. want to attack religion.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and they just, you know, they can't. No
0: king, no god. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you in any way indicate that you're not rabidly anti religion, mm-hmm. then
0: even if you're not necessarily a religious or not right. a Christian or whatever, you can be neutral on the topic.
1: Or you can be strongly opinioned on the topic, but not rabidly anti the other position. Yeah. You know? If I believe that the world balances on the back of a jackrabbit and, you know, magical fairies zoom through the air. If I'm not aggressing those beliefs on other people, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. And if I am aggressing those beliefs on the other people, it's not the belief's fault. It's It's the the aggression. aggression. Sure, yeah. And so at the heart of it all, the problem is not religion. The Mm -hmm. problem is not government. The problem is not corporations. The problem is not banks. The Mm -hmm. problem is not police. Right. The problem is aggression.
0: Right. And And the state gives the license for that aggression.
1: Yeah. And they they put out this mask so that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you get upset at it, when you get angry at it, when you want to rebel against it, Mm -hmm. you have this fake thing over here that that you can attack and burn. Right. And you haven't touched the real problem.
0: Yeah. The real – the state remains – untouched and they remain they they can stay back and it looks like their hands are clean mm-hmm. like they didn't and so you have like the bad cop you have the one bad cop that gives all the other bad all the other cops a, a, a bad name and so you don't see that it's the aggression the state allows him as to why he can do this mm-hmm. all you can think of, all you can see is the mask and you so you blame all the cops
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and being a cop is not the kind of job I wouldn't want to be a cop. No, you know it's not uh, for me to. The life of a cop is like this: you sit in a police car for hours and you do meaningless, se- seemingly meaningless tasks. You know, you pull over somebody. Did you notice your turn signal? Da da da. Nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then occasionally. With no warning whatsoever, you're in a life or death situation. Right. And you may not even realize it's gonna be a life and death situation until you're in the middle of the life and death situation. Right. Or you're going through your normal day and you're you know, you're you're going out for fender benders, okay? So you got another one on fourteenth and, and L Street, and so you go down there and you're dealing with another fender bender and you got the the screaming baby who's not hurt and the woman who's saying, I didn't see the car, and then it's my fault. No, it's your fault. And all you just want to do is get the paperwork done, get the tow truck in here, get the cars out of the way, and just mm-hmm. get this. And then with no uh, warning whatsoever, you are literally cleaning somebody's skull up. that's mm-hmm. splattered all. And if you're lucky, it's not a kid. Right. And that's the way your job goes on a database. That, that takes a very special type of a person to maintain their their sanity, And do that kind of a job. Mm. So to just bash everybody who fits that category is really not fair. Yeah. It really takes a a very special individual to be able to do that job and do it well.
1: And and not not... turn into a psychopath.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's the same really in, we were talking about, um, and there are people who can work in the old folks home and they can go in and they can hook up the old folks' tubes and they can clean up the stuff you have to clean up. And they can, you know, uh, dodge the crazy old man who's trying to swing at him. and they can, you know, um, tolerate the crazy old lady who's who's angry about something or other,
1: or you know, the we we talked about the pediatric oncologist. Yeah,
0: you yeah. There's
1: some people who it, their entire job consists of every day they sit parents down and tell them that their children are going to die
0: Yeah, in some of the most horrific fashions that humans can ever face
1: and 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 there needs to be people who can do that
0: not everybody very a very small segment of the population can do that Mm -hmm. and even smaller segment can do it well Mm -hmm. and so uh and i could never do that you know and And so each of these jobs takes a very special kind of a person to be able to deal with that. And a lot of people don't realize that warriors are the same way. Mm -hmm. There are non-crazy human beings who can realize that there is a threat to the community or there's a threat to their family or there's a threat to whatever it is that they hold dear. And they can almost mechanically go and do what has to be done to protect their community or protect their loved ones mm-hmm. or you know protect their way of life or whatever it is fill in the blank for you know the warrior can step out and put on his war mask and do what he has to do and come back home and then be totally calm around his family and never have to put back on that mask again mm-hmm. but some people are not equipped for that some people, once they see through those eyes, they can never unsee that again. Right. And that's gonna affect them for the rest of their life.
1: And no matter what unique and individual skills you hold, the market will find a place for that. Right. You know, the market will find a place where you can be a part of the system mm-hmm. and you can work well and you can work comfortably and happily mm-hmm. and not be forced into a position where you're not going to be able to control it yeah but with central planning
0: which is what we always have with the state
1: right it always the more central planning you have the more you end up with bankers who are um you know farmers Mm -hmm. and farmers who are military personnel and Mm. you know things that that you really shouldn't be and you're not cut out for, but that's what the state has put you into that position of.
0: And through a whole series of circumstances. The obvious thing with war is the draft. Right. So, you know, everybody who sees a draft take place knows that it's unjust and it's not right and shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. But what's not obvious so much is when you have a situation like we have now with the military where we don't have a draft, but what we have is a government that's destroyed the economy, and then made going into the military so appealing to the poorer mm-hmm. classes of people that it's almost not resist—it's almost irresistible to certain groups within and society. And they,
1: they, they what they say is they give you this choice, you know, military
0: mm-hmm. or prison. Yeah, especially among some of the lower, uh, you know, uh, very poor, Mm -hmm. um, their their choices are very limited. They can go into crime, they can go into drug dealing, they can go into, you know, or they can hit the streets and try and everybody around them is not successful Mm -hmm. without going into crime of one kind or another, gangs or whatever. Or they can do, you know, what they're told—the right thing—and mm-hmm.
1: or they can live off welfare.
0: Or they can, yeah, become welfare, and and you know, and, and if they have any level of self-respect, they don't want to do that, right? So, you know, so then you have people going into the military, and
1: then they're told, they're told. But you can be a hero. You can be, you Mm. know, serve your country and and everyone will love you and you'll be taken care of for the rest of your life.
0: And they're also told things like, uh, well, you know, only a very small proportion of people going in the military actually see combat. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just do these support things or this thing or that thing. Mm -hmm. And yet still today, if you look at the suicide rate under non-combat ex-military or even current active duty military mm-hmm. and and but non combat and you look at the suicide rates, it's horrible right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because you've got people who are put into a situation that they're not naturally fitted for. Mm-hmm. You have the plumber who's in the military and shouldn't be. Right. You have the seamstress who shouldn't be in the military. You have the the dietitian who shouldn't be in the military. And you have you know the uh, the person who could perfectly handle working in an old folks home, and they're not. Right. They're in a situation in the military where where they know too much and see too much and they can't handle it. If the military were truly voluntary, where you don't have these exterior pressures, mm-hmm. and if it were just um, uh, where where it was really just warriors, right, then you you would eliminate. The vast majority of people coming home from war with twisted minds and turning violent on their families, and some of the hor- the worst of the worst of the things that yep. we hear about in the media that the media focuses on you know because they love those stories like oh, that oh yeah, but you would not it would almost entirely eliminate those things
1: but you know central planning doesn 't work it never works, it never works in anything, trying to force people into situations where they don't belong doesn't mm-hmm. work.
0: And I've heard it said, you know, uh, it, it, they, it, some people will buy this lie of the state because that's really what it is, that this is a generational issue. Mm-hmm. Like it's just your generation is too soft. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, the other generations didn't have this kind of a problem coming back from war. Well, you know, you ought to sit down and read some of the letters from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. If you start reading some of the letters from the Civil War, it will change your mind really quick mm-hmm. um, same thing with letters from from soldiers coming back from World War one mm-hmm. um if you read uh some of the letters that family members wrote to each other about returning loved ones from World War one and world war two it's it, uh, we we had the opportunity you know well not i mean it was an obligation it was an opportunity, but uh within our family, we had a death in the family recently, and that put a very small group of us going through lots and lots of old papers, mm-hmm. and so we got to read uh some things like that letters that were um, from from those kinds of situations, and uh not just letters between returning veterans and and loved ones, but letters between loved ones about returning veterans right. And these things, this is not new, or this is not new to this generation. This is not just because this is a soft generation. Right. It's because war is a horrible thing. Yeah. And people who are not suited for it have no business being in it, you know?
1: Yeah. And and state war is the worst of the war. Yeah. You know, in a truly anarchist society, there are small skirmishes between... Mm-hmm neighboring yeah, factions, clan, but, clan clashes. But, I mean, you're talking about basically what amounts to the amount of people at, like, a bar brawl.
0: Yeah, because that's generally about as big as it'll ever be without a state present.
1: But with the state, it, it is horrific, and it, it becomes more and more horrific. Mm-hmm. You know, as horrific as it is to see, to be there in the Civil War and to see a cannonball rip your, you know, your buddy standing next to you in half, mm-hmm. it's so much more horrific to be in Vietnam and see Agent Orange being dumped on people or mm-hmm. Napalm being dumped yeah, on, on people. on some village. You know, that's so much more horrific. Mm-hmm. Or, or being in World War II and coming across yeah. a concentration camp.
2: Yeah, could you that's, imagine?
1: That is something where the level of horror of that and then you look... You know, one generation back, what was the level of war? One generation Mm -hmm. back, what? And then you look forward, all right, well, we'll, if we're getting more and more horrific Mm. every time the state has a war.
0: Mm -hmm. What's it going to be like?
1: (laughs) Um,
0: And to a certain extent, I think this is why the state is attempting to get soldiers out of the field Mm -hmm. and do it anonymously with you know with machines Mm -hmm. because that's where
1: sanitizing it
0: that's that's exactly it that's the right word what we're doing is we're taking the warrior out of the mix entirely Mm -hmm. and you're putting the worst of the deeds into the hands of people who are essentially playing video games Mm -hmm. and there's and at this point today in 2012 we're only on the very beginning of this process yeah You know, we're we're just barely seeing what's over the horizon, but if you if you think about the worst of the like Terminator movies and stuff like that, that's the inevitable process Mm -hmm. that that we have to reach if the state you know exists long enough. If if we do things to prop the state up long enough, it will reach that that conclusion, that position.
1: And we're sanitizing everything in our lives, Mm -hmm. people are not exposed to any of the events of life.
0: Right. We can't let that kid ride that bicycle without a helmet. You can't let that kid, you know, uh, <laughs> that that little boy has a pocket knife. Oh, no, he's yeah. only seven. Well, I had a pocket knife when I was five. Yeah. <laughs> monkey bars? He can't play on monkey bars. He might fall.
1: <laughs> well, well, yeah, <laughs> of course he's going to fall.
0: <laughs> How's he going to know how to land if he doesn't fall?
1: Well, and, you know, how's he going to know what pain feels like?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, (laughs) at some point in your life, you are going to experience pain. Mm -hmm. And if you experience pain, not, you know, like agonizing, horrifying, I'm Mm -hmm. having my limbs ripped off pain, Mm -hmm. but like skinned knees and bumps and bruises. You
0: get accustomed to it and you figure out how it is. Yeah, and
1: you realize that it's not going to kill you yeah
0: it's not the end of the world
1: you know and no. so as a 25 year old mm-hmm. who you know uh stubs their toe you're not going to go run into the ER mm-hmm. because you're
0: <laughs> you're going to handle it
1: you're okay you're self-sufficient
0: well now we've come to that awkward moment when we have to pause for a commercial break <laughs>
1: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go (laughs) to the lobby. No, don't
0: go to the lobby. Listen to the commercial, please. All right. Listen to this. We'll be right back. Did you know author Taryn P. Lupo has a new novel out called One Nation Under Blood? When a rejuvenative blood technology is developed that pits the young against the old, the government must take firm steps to address the war of supply and demand brewing across generational lines. Blood is not the only thing bought and sold in this dystopian tale of technology, economics, and independence. Vampires are now very real, but we never expected them to wear our grandmother's best Sunday dress. The Bad Quaker staff has discovered how easy it is to get everything you need for the holidays at Amazon. Everything from the coolest decorations to hangover remedies, and everything from the latest movies and music to poop stain remover. If you follow the Amazon link at badquaker.com, Amazon will give badquaker.com a tiny portion of the purchase. It won't cost you any extra, but you will be supporting this podcast. Thank you. And we're back. Are you still with us? You didn't turn it <laughs> come off. Come back. Come back. You didn't turn the podcast off just because we had a commercial, did you? Oh, no. <laughs> and, of course, if they did, they wouldn't hear that. So.
1: Right. So if you did turn off the uh, podcast because we had a commercial, well, nah, We yeah, didn't you like re- you anyway. You
0: stink. You, you're not our friend anymore. We're, we're not going to talk to you.
1: We're revoking your anarchist card.
0: <laughs> we'll send Walter Block right to your house. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have
1: a Walter Block.
0: Oh, we ding, still need ding, ding, we ding, still ding, need Walter, Walter, Block. Walter Block music. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we need
1: a kazoo and a.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's our one hundredth <100th> Walter Block <laughs> reference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that'll probably that sound effect probably just wiped out somebody's ears probably. when I did that.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: oh boy. So yeah, so the state. Uh, oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. So assuming that. Uh, nobody fiddles with the state and makes it efficient and keeps it alive for extra generations that it doesn't need to be. Right. Um, then this, hopefully the state will crash and burn before we get to that kind of level of technology. Because however the market, however long the market, uh, no, I said that backwards. However long the state exists. It will steal from the market whatever current technologies the market has to offer.
1: Well what always happens is corrupt them. The, the market figures out a way around the restrictions of the state mm-hmm. and has a boom of technology. Yeah. And then the state runs in and, and steals all of it.
0: Right. And and corrupts it.
1: And then uses it to kill a bunch of people.
0: Mm-hmm. To, and
1: then and then puts a stop to the technological growth of the state mm-hmm. or the the, the market Mar- yeah. until the market can figure out how to get around those. T-
0: to put it in geek terms, to put it in Tolkien geek terms, <laughs> uh, just keep in mind that the orcs were elves that, uh, that the evil powers had captured mm-hmm. and tortured and twisted and made them what they were. Mm-hmm. They were ex-elves. That's mm-hmm. what all the orcs were. Um, That's kind of what the state does. The state takes what the market provides and then twists it and corrupts it until it creates something really, really horrid out of it.
1: And then holds it up as to why you can't trust capitalism.
0: Yeah. Um, So now uh, if the state is allowed to reach its fullness and die in the relatively near future, next few generations then it will never reach the kind of, you know, like what we see in some of the sci-fi things like Mm -hmm. the Terminator movies. It will never reach that. But if there are people who are so dedicated to the state that they help it run efficiently and they come in and they teach the state how to handle its money issues and they teach the state how to not constantly be, uh, you know, expanding an empire and and burning up trillions of dollars in wasteful wars – and they really lean the governments down and get the governments so that the governments are patched you know,
1: back up, stitched back together, and uh-huh. you know, <laughs> let's get Frankenstein's monster running again.
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a we could go in that direction too, <laughs> but uh let's see, I don't know who who would do something like that. Who would see a government? it was so polluted by the state that it was expanding in every direction it was spending far more money than all of its people together could produce every
1: time from my point of view every time the government shows its hand mm-hmm. you know every time the state creates more monopolies on power every time the state lets its mask slip and mm-hmm. the evil behind it shows
0: mm-hmm.
1: all libertarians should cheer
0: yeah because the and, public and gets a glimpse of that. And encourage
1: that to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because only when everyone knows how evil it is, yeah. will it ever go away. Yeah, and and that's not going to happen if you bring it back down to size and put its mask back on firmly in place and dust it off and make it look pretty again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then everyone around goes, "Oh well, see, it's good. It's it's yeah, it's, it's not right. so bad. It can be controlled."
0: Murray Rothbard did a, a an article for, hmm, I'm not sure. I have to look it up. I can't remember. That was dumb of me. Anyway, Murray Rothbard did an article. This is what
1: happens when we don't have a script.
0: Yeah. What is this script you speak of? Uh, Murray Rothbard did an article, I think in the late 70s. I think it was around 78 or 79, where, um, oh, did I kick you?
1: <laughs> I think I, I think it was a mutual kicking.
0: Anyway, um um <laughs> Murray Rothbard did an article.
1: <laughs> oh, look, something shiny.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's called uh the article is called Do You Hate the State? And he compared himself to one of his contemporaries, con- contemporaries, yeah, that's the right word. Um who <laughs> Let's go back to the brain damage <laughs> podcast. Murray compared himself to one of his contemporaries who was very popular, a very popular libertarian. Mhm but he sort of had the the opinion that well sure the state's pretty messed up but it's not so bad sure uh, a lib- libertarian utopia would be better But the state's not so bad. It just needs to be polished a bit. It's still okay. All we need to do is wash the dirt off of it.
1: Reminded of The Simpsons. It's it's just a little dirt. It's okay. It's still good. It's still
0: good. They they were having a pig barbecue, Uh and the pig got lunched. I can't remember the exact sequence, but it got dirty. and And then It it was was dumped
1: in a river, and then it was was a whole thing, and Homer was still running after it. It's still good. It's still good.
0: It's just a little wet. But, um, you know, there are some libertarians, and this was Murray's point. He picked on one particular contemporary of his day in doing this article. But this was Murray's point, was that there are libertarians that say, yeah, you know, the perfect anarcho-capitalist utopia would be better. But, you know, if we just get the state uh, back to like this, or if we can just get the government to follow the Constitution, we'll be good. It'll be all right. It won't be great, but it'll be all right. Right because what you've done is you've decided that as long as the the as long as your master beats you to this level mm-hmm. you're fine but if the master beats you more then that's not so good right you really want it back the way when the master almost never beats us that's right. the best right but some libertarians are not satisfied at the existence of the master they just they don't want the potential of having the master with with the capability of beating us. Mm -hmm. They would just rather not have a master.
1: And, I mean, it's not not pleasant to think about the state coming to its fullness. Mm -hmm. You know, when it reaches that pinnacle point, um, it's not going to be a fun world to live in. Right. But to get rid of it, Mm -hmm. you have to.
0: Yeah, that transitional generation, it's going to be rough for them. Because yeah. the state's going to thrash and it's going to be really ugly and it's going to be murderous. But once it dies, the calm that comes after the storm is just going to be tremendous. The key
1: is to let it go and yeah. not resurrect it.
0: Yeah, and not try to you know keep it uh, run back out and patch back up the Frankenstein monster just right. because it's on fire and you know no, let it burn. Don't, no, <laughs> let
1: it die. Put,
0: put the bucket of water down and let the Frankenstein monster burn. It's okay.
1: Let it go. Let it go. Well, you know, I feel bad. I feel bad picking on, on Ron Paul because, you know, like we, I mean, we've talked about this before. When you begin to open your eyes, mm-hmm. it's hard to immediately come to the conclusion that everything that's around you is based in immorality and it must all be gotten rid of. Right. You know, that's – you. you want to just – but if we could just – fix it it'll mm-hmm. be okay and yeah. and you can't and that's a really difficult place to come to yeah yeah without going crazy and shacking up in a compound in the middle of montana or something <laughs> yeah. and and shooting at anything that flies above you yeah you know it's it's incredibly difficult to to reach that fine line where you say I'm aware that the state is evil, and that I am a prisoner of the state, and that there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm also not going to try to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because instinctually, when you feel threatened like that, you want to go attack. Yeah. But.
0: Or it, escape.
1: Yeah, but it—it's not. That's not practical.
0: Mm-hmm. What we really need to do instead is realize that we're only a slave of the state so much as we realize that the state exists and mm-hmm. is real. And so as we, and we say this all the time, that once you begin to grasp that the state is not real, that the state is simply the acts of, of religious fanatics who believe in the state.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it f- begins to free your mind from being bound by the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know then then the death of the state becomes a conceivable thing in your mind mm-hmm. and you can understand, oh, well, you know, what I need to do is live my life. I need to move myself towards liberty and uh, my day-to-day actions and not attempt to fix the state and not attempt to defeat the state. I,
1: Just, I think that's, and that's hard too because when you start to, you know, when you start to realize the truth about anything,
2: mm-hmm.
1: one of your first reactions is to run to everyone you know and shake them and go (laughs) do you know this how do you not know this why didn't you tell me um and and you have to be really careful because if you morally are bound to withholding the non-aggression principle Mm -hmm. that also includes not being aggressive with people with your ideology or your beliefs right And so if you believe that the state is evil,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. it's not for you then to use violence or aggression or theft to go, or lies, to Mm -hmm. go and try to convince other people.
0: Including uh, the level of rudeness that's not necessarily violating Mm -hmm. the aggression, the non-aggression principle, but the level of rudeness that's going to freak people out and cause them to pull back away from you. To to try to be you know still civil. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that like being civil anyway? I don't know.
1: <laughs> this civil then uh, uh, civilized that probably requires shoes, doesn't it? <laughs> Not we, equipped we, for that. We
0: already did that. <laughs> we the shoe did podcast. the shoe
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: hey, I, we should probably name it that. Huh? <laughs> we the shoe, should probably <laughs> the hippie shoe podcast. Oh my!
1: From outer space.
0: From uh, yeah, yeah, from outer space. From Mars.
1: (laughs) From Mars. Hippie shoes from
0: Mars. (laughs) So now here's a different question for you, just to completely change the topic and go in a completely different direction. What do – of course, there are libertarians all around the world and all different countries and everything. And and,
1: us, being in the United States, have mm -hmm. a tendency to kind of put a United States – yeah. spin on things yeah
0: our own little twist you know, on everything i'm
1: sure people in auckland
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know are like oh, ron paul again <laughs> no one cares you know
0: <laughs> we could have a ron paul if we wanted one but we don't want one because you know new zealand is perfect and we don't need that <laughs>
1: <laughs> so We live in new zealand
0: <laughs> we... and we're
1: allowed to keep sheep meh
0: <laughs>
1: i'm allowed to keep Chickens in my yard, huh? We live in a great country. Mm. Uh, but, 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 chicken in my yard, too, if I had a yard.
0: So now we're losing the New Zealand listeners. But um, but my point in that was, um, you know, oftentimes here in the U.S., we, we tend to name things different. Like we have football. Mm-hmm. Well, the rest of the world has football, but we call mm-hmm. that soccer.
1: But our football is not their football.
0: Uh, yeah, it's totally different. So it's a different terminology and different, you know, and I wonder if, like, people in other countries have libertarian-type people that have gone a little further with their paranoias about things like the government and surveillance and things like this. And, you know, here in the U.S., we tend to call people like that foil hatters or tinfoil hat. Or, Which
1: is annoying because there's no such thing as tinfoil. Yeah,
0: there's no tinfoil. There's aluminum foil. and But, but uh, you know, here... Or
1: for, International li- <laughs> listeners, aluminum foil. Yeah.
0: yeah, right now the, our few British listeners are like, you talk weird. <laughs> 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 Why don't the Americans teach their children to speak English? <laughs> um, but I wonder what people in Germany call you know, the foil hatters. I, right. I wonder if they have a name or, for it.
1: I, I love the German language because... You know, you can just invent a word by sticking bits of other words together.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like, what are those? It's like Legos. Yeah, like Legos. You can make anything you want out of German. (laughs) You just start connecting them together. It's great. It's like the perfect language.
1: Of course, I say this uh, having absolutely no idea how to speak German, so I could be totally wrong in that.
0: Well, I like to listen to German. It's fun to listen to because it sounds almost like they're like they're speaking English with a bad accent yeah but it's not it's different you
1: know <laughs> it's like if you just if you if you squint real hard and listen mm-hmm. you can you can understand their accent but it's a totally different language
0: well that's like what we were talking about listening to Irish speak Gaelic mm-hmm. or listening to Welsh speak and you're like when they speak that native the old time native tongue like that you listen to it and you're like that's not English <laughs>
1: It's one of those things where you listen to it for a minute and then you're like, "Wait, you're not drunk. You're not speaking English."
0: <laughs> but you can have that same effect when you stop at the wrong place in, like, in Arkansas Ooh, or West yeah. Virginia, you know, uh, or
1: and, Massachusetts, yeah, or Texas or yeah. wherever Louisiana, wherever it is that you're not from, yeah, you know, yeah, because my and, my husband's from the East Coast, Mm-hmm. and so we have visited the East Coast. On numerous occasions, um, because he has friends and family and such out there, and I don't understand their language <laughs> at all. And we went to the Six Flags, mm-hmm. New England, um, which I don't remember what state that's in. <laughs> New England. It's in New England. They're
0: all so close together. I don't know how you come up with a border and between they're
1: like anyway. They're like, and I'm in Rhode Island, and I'm in Massachusetts, and I'm in Connecticut. <laughs> but um, but they had announcements that would go over, and announce the announcements mm-hmm. are hard to understand.
2: Yeah, no matter best. what. Right. And
1: then you throw onto that a thick New England accent, and I would just look at him and go, I have no idea what that person just said.
0: Can I have a translator. <laughs> oh.
1: Plus they use. Weird word. Uh, see, we weren't gonna do this, but no. now we're back on making oh, yeah, fun, making of, people's fun accents. of people's
0: accents. Oh uh, well, but going back to picking on the Germans, because we yeah. have very few Germans. we probably have more people listening in New England than we do probably. in Germany. But but I but I, I was except wondering...
1: New Hampshire. The people in New Hampshire are awesome yeah, and they're... can totally be understood all the time and they rock. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the good folks at Shire Silver.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're just going to bleed that commercial into everywhere, aren't we? But, um, uh, but so if the people, let's say in Germany or let's say in, uh, you know, someplace else, uh, um, wherever, um, cause no other countries come to mind.
1: Holland. <laughs> Holland. <or> okay. <laughs> or, uh...
0: But, uh, if the people over there also have someone that they, you know, some name that they call the tinfoil hatters mm-hmm. or or whatever the local whatever they call it. I wonder if they have other conspiracy like like here we have all these levels of conspiracy, like what happened on nine eleven, Right. Right. Um, was the was the Kennedy assassination really a lone gunman? Um, are the are those chemtrails or vapor trails? The
1: Roswell, New Mexico.
0: Yeah, what's happening in Ros, in, in Roswell? What happened there? Uh, what about uh, Area Fifty One? What about uh, what was it, Hangar Nineteen or whatever it was or right like Pat? Something like um, I wonder if people in Yugoslavia. Well, there's no Yugoslavia. <laughs> 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 um,
1: Latvia. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I wonder if they have, uh, you know, that kind of conspiracy theories or if those people over there, you know, if they have other interests that don't really provide them the opportunity to think about those things. Or I wonder, does anybody ever in, you know, in uh, Spain ever look up in the sky and say, that's it, it's got to be, it's got to be chemtrails because mm-hmm. the, you know, X, Y, and Z, the government, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if they do that or if they – if that's not even a thought that they have over there. It's
1: very interesting to be so connected to the world and so disconnected to the world. Yeah. You know, because it builds up this confidence of I'm a worldly person and Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I have a friend who's in Australia or Germany or New Zealand or wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't – and even if you visit those countries Mm – you don't really understand their culture.
0: Yeah, cuz you're just passing through and yeah. you know, even if you spend some time, you're not really going to get the full feel of of what they are. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird because we do like with our pa- podcast, we've talked lots of times about having international a, a bit of an international audience. Mm-hmm. And then I see some of the statistics on some of the uh, website statistics for badquaker.com. And they're like the the vast majority is U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really drives home that we really only have a couple of listeners in South Korea, a couple mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, a couple in Australia, you know, a couple in Poland, a little handful in England. And we really don't – there's no two-way communication. So right. we don't really know that much either way.
1: Well, we don't know what they're interested in.
0: Yeah. Or even why they're listening. Is there – you know is there is
1: there a is there a um, korean version of you know Hans hermann Hop or or you know Lysander Spooner or is there is there somebody who
0: is there somebody in germany like Hans hermann Hop
1: well not, that's why i said korea
0: <laughs> <sighs> you Do, think you're so cute is there an australian walter block yeah, or like, like you, yeah, you start or say or a Lou ago, Rockwell uh, yeah. or
1: Ron Paul yeah. or you know we're immersed in this American culture and we know all of the American you know and mm-hmm. to a lesser degree Canadian mm-hmm. but you know I don't know who the Stefan Molyneux of South Korea is mm-hmm. you know I don't know if there is a Stefan Molyneux of South Korea <laughs> I don't know if Stefan Molyneux is the Stefan Molyneux of South Korea you know I I don't know
0: yeah. Well, he's Canadian, so right. then who would be the Stefan Molyneux of the U.S.?
1: Stefan Molyneux, we've stolen him. <laughs> we steal a lot from Canada.
0: You know, game <laughs> well, show hosts. Anytime
1: Canada gets something good, we're like, "Oh, hey, we're going to take that now."
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and pay you double for that. Bring it on down here, <laughs> Neil Young. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take him. Um, uh, what's the other guy? Um, Gordon Lightfoot. No, you can keep him. <laughs> We're good. We're good. We'll we'll keep Neil Young, you keep Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Is that cruel?
1: Of course that doesn't explain Brian Adams. <laughs> that's that's a South Park joke. Ah. South Park. Anytime Canada comes up in South Park, they're like, "The nation of Canada has already apologized for Brian Adams."
0: <laughs> I don't watch South Park. I'm told it's I should. Funny. I'm told it's very, it's very libertarian. Funny. I don't Very know. Very funny. I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> what do I know? I'm I old. Know. I don't
1: know about this newfangled South part. <laughs> I spend
0: half an hour talking about my condition and my latest operation. <laughs> Not operation, procedure. <laughs> procedure.
1: You know, as long as we don't start bringing up. You know, the cats and the dogs and the pets on the podcast,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like we do all the time we haven't today we haven't no, we had... haven't
1: talked about the animals at all today yeah, they, they haven't, haven't really uh
0: for several podcasts in a row the the critters have left us alone. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's up? they're planning something
1: they're plotting.
0: They're starting to work together. They're,
1: they're downstairs recording their own podcast. That's
0: probably what it is. They're on the <laughs> All Cat network. And and Baggy's like today with me on the all cat on the uh, Pat on the cat podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Nikki? Rawr, raw, raw, raw. <laughs> we're we're losing it.
1: Yeah. And we're in. oh look look, Raidership, down it goes.
0: If there's a way to know how many people listen to like the first 40 minutes of the podcast and then they get to like 42 minutes and they're like, "All right, one more minute of this and I'm I'm logging off." And then it's like, "Well, all right, one more minute." No, they're talking about the cat again. <laughs> That's it. We're out of here. They throw that cat at me one more time. We're out of here.
1: Back on the uh, you know, I think crop circles are more are bigger in other countries than they are here.
0: They're big in England. Yeah. Yeah. I think crop
1: circles are bigger in England than they are here.
0: I used to like enjoy. I used to enjoy going on Google Earth and finding crop circles in England on Google Earth. That Always was pretty fun. cool. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird things you can see from Google Earth in England.
1: Like dead girls.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's well, a, if you that don't know it. That, there was a, a little girl. I think she was like 12 or something like that. And the Google Earth truck was driving through doing the uh, what's the street view the street view google street view and she saw it coming and she was smart enough that she laid down in this very unnatural position on the curb as the truck went by it photographed her and it looked like she was dead and and just abandoned by the street Mm -hmm. and it was a joke on her part she was so (laughs) sharp that just in a moment's notice she was like you know what it'd be cool <laughs> and, and, and it they freaked people out. Well,
1: and they didn't catch it. You were right. And the they googled. S- people they sent didn't, it. Yeah. You know, they they it put live. it into the maps. Yeah. And then you know, because there are, I have to assume that there are people who do nothing all day but sit and look at Google Maps.
0: Uh huh. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent fourteen hours straight on Google Earth, <laughs>
1: like just looking around, seeing what's new, mm-hmm. and and. I mean, I, you know, I'll I'll open Google Earth occasionally and be like, "Oh look, that's nifty. Oh mm-hmm. look, that's nifty." I think I'm gonna go eat a burrito now. <laughs> like, I don't have the patience for it.
0: Well, I have spent hours uh, just looking at ancient um, uh, ruins of cities. You know, look up um, Ephesus or mm-hmm. look up, and it's amazing. Hey,
1: We don't allow that kind of language on this podcast, <laughs> Mister.
0: We got a G rating on iTunes. <laughs> But it's amazing the detail you can see on Google Earth mm-hmm. of places like, you know, ancient cities like that. Uh, ruins uh, the, the uh, uh, mounds and so forth across England and, and even France. There are old, uh, you know, Stone Age fortresses that the mounds are still there in France. And right. most people don't even think about those. You go to France. You oh, don't...
1: yeah. You go look at the mounds in France, but the mounds a mile <laughs> from here you don't go look at.
0: Actually, we, on the way to Missouri, there's a huge mound uh, right beside the freeway. And as you drive by it, they're making a landfill out of it. <laughs> there's, It's on one side, and there's a, a you know, another recognized mound on mm-hmm. the other side of the freeway. And there's a tourist thing. You can go up there and look at all over and everything. But right across the freeway is another mound exactly like this one. But, hey, it belongs to whoever the trash service is and, you know, the... The Monopoly Trash Service, authorized by the state, mm-hmm. and they're making a landfill out of this massive mound that's, like, bigger than the Great Pyramid of That the state
1: Egypt. kicked the rightful homesteaders off of.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Amazing. <laughs> well, you want to wrap it up?
1: Sure.
0: Uh, folks, thanks for listening to BadQuaker.com.
1: Especially this one, man. If you've listened to this one, Thanks. <laughs>
0: Every once in a while, we just get a little goofy and just ramble on without anything to say. But anyway, for more on liberty, the zero aggression principle, and property rights, go to badquaker.com. Thanks a lot.